Hey, Lori here. Uh, before the episode starts, I just wanted to preface this one. At about 58 minutes into the episode, we start discussing a movie that deals a lot with uh, anti-choice rhetoric and abortion, and as well as sort of a hateful phobic attitude towards sex workers. And we are talking about a movie that has really shitty politics in that regard, and figured I should preempt this one and let people know what they're in for. So it's at about 58 minutes in, that's when that comes up. So if those are sensitive topics to you, uh, perhaps keep that in mind. Uh, we resume talking about the next movie after that at about uh, an hour 13, hour 14 in that ballpark. And uh, yeah, so otherwise, enjoy the episode. Every night at 11 p.m., if I am still awake, I find that I would like to have a baby. What now? What? Whenever I imagine childbirth, I just imagine like one little arm pops out of my vagina and then it unzips me. I don't actually think I'm that off base. Welcome to, or back to, Queer Horror Cult. A bit of exciting news right off the bat. You may have seen this on our social media accounts, but I just got the July-August issue of Rue Morgue in the mail. It's the Pride Month issue. And there's a segment on there where they're talking about queer horror podcasts to listen to. And wouldn't you know it, we're featured in there. We have a nice little write-up. Yeah, I like how you how you ordered that. I mean, obviously, like that's not like, why you were getting it. Cover, but... The cover is this drawing of Freddy Krueger from like Nightmare Two, but his iconic striped sweater is now like the the Pride flag. Hell yeah, it is. So obviously, I'd get it anyway. So it was just a very happy coincidence mm-hmm. that yeah, I'm at work today and uh, I get this text being like, "I have a really exciting news about the podcast." I'm like. Oh, like, what, did we hit a certain number of downloads? She's like, Lori's like, no, 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 that happened, like, on Wednesday. No, this is this is great news. Mm-hmm. And it sent mm-hmm. me all these pictures, and I was like, oh, my God, that is the coolest thing ever. Yeah, Turns like, out that talking, to, recording yourself talking to the void and posting it on the internet can sometimes pay off a little bit. But, like, that's just it, because uh, we've had some fans that have been pretty vocal on social media that they're fans from the very beginning and which is so cool <laughs> oh yeah our longtime fans we, we we love you you really help us feel good about everything we've been doing and all that but at times it does feel like you know you're just recording i'm talking to you we record i cut it together and then i just put it on the internet and see what's what it's a bit throwing it out into the void it feels sometimes and we know there's people there that are that are catching it but you, you never really know how much it's going over beyond the people that speak up about it. So Yeah, like we see that there are downloads, but I can think yeah. of podcasts that I've subscribed to and technically I download every episode, but I haven't listened to them in months. Um, but no, that's very exciting and uh, 
thank you. Yeah, so big thank you because I, I I know we both really dig on uh, rumor like as far as being sort of you know it's Canadian Fangoria, but yeah. their own thing too, not just to try and piggyback them on someone exactly. else's success. But like. I didn't realize that when I first heard about them. I thought it was just like, oh, they're the two, Fango and Rue Morgue kind of thing. And I didn't know for the longest time that Rue Morgue was Canadian, right. like when I was younger kind yeah. of thing. Um, you just knew it was one of, it one was of there. the big magazines. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I sort of got, because I sort of fell out with keeping up with horror for a few years. And then when I got really hard back into it, which is shortly before we started hanging mm-hmm. out, um, I was getting back into it. I was like, oh, the, Rumorg's Canadian and they're really cool and they're doing this important shit. That's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And not long before this issue, um, a few months ago, I don't, I couldn't tell you which month it is. Maybe you could because you ordered it, but we were super excited to see the cover was featuring the upcoming remake of Rabid. So anyway, what, what I'm trying to say is, uh, we are honored and we feel like we are in very good company. Oh, definitely. One thing I found kind of funny about the write-up was um, it talks about how we're one of the more academic ones that of the ones I recommended, and I totally see why, especially when you look at some of our, like, topics that we had. And especially or, some of, like, our early episodes. Yeah, I like, think we were really, like, focused on, like, yeah, this is going to be our thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we still bring it up in all the time, but I just think of, like, all the, like, horniness level jokes that we make and stuff like that uh super and it's like scholarly super scholarly <laughs> hey trashing the academy who yes. wrote that one jeffrey sconce jeffrey sconce trashing the academy if i don't remember want. what he said beyond like trash has inherent value as trash yeah exactly so if you if you have that itch to read some academic stuff and you can find it i don't know if you have access to jstor or it might be it it or, might be for, like, free online yeah, in the same way, like, stuff up. like Notes on Campus. I don't know. Yeah, but check for uh, Trashing the Academy. That that was a very dear paper for me when I was first going into... Well, not first going into it, but, like, the second time around when I was going into school. Yeah. I remember, like, reading through it, and I, I was, like, a second year, so I'm like, I don't really understand a lot of what's being said, but I think I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's definitely worth a revisit. Yeah. But I think this episode will be a nice mix of... Uh, our usual shenanigans shenanigans yeah hitting that academic along with that what the fuck am i watching like my jaw has dropped (laughs) and one movie no not one movie several movies in particular (laughs) this was a weird week wasn't it it was out there all right yeah yeah this week of course if you couldn't tell from the title uh we're talking about babies, the joy of them, the joy of growing them inside your body. Beautiful maternity stuff. Yeah, as um, someone who doesn't have a uterus and doesn't have a desire to grow have, one, have or have one or use one, one. <laughs> you know, um, it's one of those things where I've always sort of had that distance and found like the like, I mean, bodies freak me out to begin with, right? But that there was something very body horror about Absolutely. that kind of stuff, and like even for the parts where it's like not trying to shame or say, oh, you're pregnant, you're disgusting. Like, none none of that. Fuck that noise, right? Mm -hmm. But it is one of those things where you hear all this stuff where people are like, it's a miracle, and they gloss over the They gloss over your, like, you know, during birth... What, what's it called an episiotomy or something where where they yeah. like cut your perineum and temporarily you have like a cloaca to allow yeah. that, like and you know your like cervix bursting open like it's it's body horror yeah. 101 and i say this as somebody who does have a uterus and has ever since i've like 
been old enough to understand what the concept of a baby is have been like, I want one yes. or several. I plan to grow my own. Yes. <laughs> this is some good home cooking going and on And ever in since, here. I, I, I swear to God, my 26th birthday happened. I was, you know, past 25 and the hormones, like it, it's absurd. Yeah. I always know when I'm ovulating. I'll just say that. <laughs> it's re- like, they, you know, you're warned, you, you grow up here and like, oh, a woman hits 30 and her biological clock starts ticking like a time bomb. It's about to go off. And I'm like, I just had to make it past 25 and nobody warned me about this. No, no kidding. And here I thought getting cats would scratch that itch, you well, know, at least for a little while. Bit. little well, bit. They definitely made me realize that there even is like any sense of a maternal instinct or anything. It's just like, <laughs> I just want to hold you and cherish you forever, my small you. baby cat. My small baby bean. Speak of the devil. But... I'm not pretending that my body horror interpretation of things is a reflection of how people in general feel, yet there is so much of that anxiety and disgust leveled at women's bodies and pregnancy and that kind of stuff, despite the fact that it is also seen in uh, grosser circles as, you know, a woman's purpose Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So it's interesting how there's that, and by interesting, I mean fucking fuck off kind of thing. Yeah. That there is that kind misogyny? of... Misogyny? What? Yeah, that double standard of misogyny where it's just like, it's the most important thing you'll ever do, but oh, I'm oh, going to so in, gross, the, and I'm it's sit so in the waiting inferior. room and smoke a cigar while, yeah. while uh, the doctor puts in that husband stitch for me. No, for real, right? Like all of that idea of reproductive labor, where whether it's sex or sex work or actually like building and having babies Mm -hmm. it's like yeah on the one hand it's like oh it's the best thing ever because i get to get my nut but then after after the nut has been achieved they're like ew fuck you you disgusting immoral fallen woman man it reminds me of that tweet that is just (laughs) fucking legendary (laughs) it just makes me feel gross every time i hear it but it's so true um how does it go? How's it go? As you say, oh yeah, you you say we're trying to have a baby. What I hear, or I hear, I've been doing big, huge cums in my wife's pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and, yeah, that's. Ugh. It's like you were trying there, or it's not one thing where it's like we're hoping for a baby. We want to have. Baby. We like to we have a baby. To have babies. It's yeah. like we are trying. We're actively babies. fucking. It's like the one kosher way that you can just drop. It's like, hey, mom and dad, how's it going? I brought oh, you sweaters you know. for Christmas brunch. By the way, we're fucking. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and it's like, oh, God, we were at a very Catholic wedding recently. Yes, and we were. That was, well, this is a little bit of a tangent or a sidebar, but that was kind of like such a weird thing being in this room where all the rhetoric of the uh, prayer and the readings and the Bible verses and the vows and just the way the the priest was talking, I have never been in a straighter place and <laughs> also a place where all this crowd gathered in this room for them to say, we're going to fuck. Hey guys, check this out. We are going to fuck. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember um, one of the last weddings I went to, was for a friend and like she she had been raised catholic and but right. you know her husband is like pretty pretty atheist and stuff so and she's fine with that like she you know they didn't do a church wedding or anything mm-hmm. like that but you know a lot of her family what that was there is still pretty religious and the amount of times i heard like oh you guys have a great night and stuff like i was like that's disgust like ew stay out of that 
Like, if somebody fucking told... Like, you know, if I were to ever get married, huh? If someone, like, said that to me, I'd be like, okay, I'm I'm putting on very long pajamas. I'm going to go watch The X-Files I, or something. I, I am going to wear I'm going to a body-sized female condom just, just so that there's no fucking possible anywhere. Nope. <laughs> um, but when you're saying, like, people coming up, it's just like, uh... I got highlighter. I know what you're gonna do. It's gonna be crazy. And I'm like, okay, first of all, they've been together, like, at that point, they've been together for, I think, like, eight years or something. It's like, it's already happened, guys, and you're kidding yourselves if it yeah. hasn't. But, but you think people, it hasn't. The people that come up with that, they make me think of, like, I just imagine Mel from Flight of the Concords <laughs> doing that. Just walking up and just be like, what are you guys doing? Are you guys- wow, I hope you guys have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> Oh fuck! But yeah, I feel like so much of that rhetoric that's sort of like yeah, it's it, it's yeah, no, just how much weddings were like public decora- declarations that you're we're gonna fuck now, we're allowed to fuck, and we can declare this publicly, we're fucking. But like, like how much of that is wrapped up in the childbirth, the child pregnancy, the rearing, like that whole heteronormative? Well, the purpose of marriage tale. is reproduction. The well, purpose of sex like, is reproduction. At the fucking wedding we went to, didn't they say like bear many children that may become devoted members of the yeah Catholic to fill Church. the pews and stuff? And it I was just like, like nope. You're doing two of my least favorite things: indoctrination and just being like y'all fucking. Yeah, fucking, uh, fucking raw. Hey, hey, hey! What'd you say, your vows? It's time to raw dog it. Suppose, supposedly, I I don't know why I was I came across this information, but I don't know. Apparently, there's like a whole cottage industry. Whether or not it's an industry, I don't know if it's paid. There's probably like ad money in it, but of like bloggers that like stan and or shit talk the like seventeen kids and counting or however many fucking kids they have, like Duggar family. Mm. And suppose there was there was one particular child that they're like, Oh yeah, I heard that they like ran to the back and got it on in the church because they were just like so horny to fuck. Oh my god. That's uh <laughs> and I'm like I wouldn't put it past so them. Twisted. But I oh, love yeah. how in Getting into this part of the conversation, we inadvertently just slipped into another of our favorite academic papers, Sex in Public. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's another great <laughs> one to read. It, um, it is. It's, uh, I think, after I first read it, I didn't write a single paper. <laughs> didn't cite it? Yeah, I cited it for every paper. Right. And I was an English major. Yeah. And my electives were, you know, I took that uh, gender studies class with you. I took that MLCS class, or media... Culture. Modern languages and cultural Modern studies. languages and cultural studies. I took that class with you and stuff, and it was all these academic papers that it's like, you need to come up with a topic, and you need to cite tons of sources every single time. It's just like, time to dust Berlant off. and Warner, sex in public. By the time I got through my degree, I'm pretty sure the entire paper was highlighted, just because I, I like, every <laughs> line was highlighted, and it was just like, just yeah, I just copy. used this so many... I did. <laughs> I had one copy. I just kept going back to... Understandable. Some good shit. But pregnancy, birth, and all that stuff. Going into this topic for this particular podcast, one thing I thought was really uh, fitting is how heteronormative pregnancy and childbirth and all that kind of stuff is constructed. Child rearing. Yeah, there's just like this, it's probably like the most heteronormative structure you can think of as far as like how we base it in biological truths about what that looks like Mm -hmm. in very heteronormative terms and that branches over like it overlaps over top of 
things we wouldn't normally think of as heteronormative in so many fucking weird ways. Um, well, I even like you're talking about biological truths, but it's still wrapped up in storytelling in the way that we describe 100%, things. Because 100%. I can't think of the the name of the author. I honestly don't remember. But there was um, in one of my first year classes a paper we were assigned to read that was talking about the way that even like set like our gametes yeah. are are like gendered. And so the the first the narrative we tell is that the the ovum is or the ov yeah ovum is singular that's yeah, right the ovum. ovum is like sitting there waiting like Rapunzel in the castle for the for the mighty like sperm. you know this very this very passive just waiting there for the mighty active sperm to come and ravish her and save her and isn't it like that's not at all how it works oh well, yeah and then uh, once it was once it was discovered that the ovum actually like has some kind of like it can like draw them in. I, I they they change the description so all of a sudden she's this like like dominatrix. Whoa, here she comes. Yeah, like totally. Like she she's suddenly this fucking like man eater. So yeah. it's so even this thing that's supposed to be completely biologically neutral and objective, mm-hmm. we the storytelling we do around it genders it yeah, and makes it into this heteronormative love story when it's fucking cells mm-hmm. that are just like propelled by. Goo. Yeah, by goo, exactly. <laughs> it's just a, a dick sneeze into a pile of mucus. Yeah, basically. That's what you got. <laughs> um, uh, but horror movies have tackled this subject a lot. And yep. there was a lot of queerness that I read into a lot of these movies, so I'm excited to get into that. But then there's just also a lot of cool horror movie shit. Mm-hmm. So uh, diving in, uh, we first watched... It's Alive by Leonard Leonard Cohen. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's by Leonard Cohen, the musician. Uh, Canada's Bob Dylan. He was singing Hallelujah the entire time. <laughs> no, it's um, It's Alive by Larry Cohen, master cult exploitation here. Um, 1974. And this movie just like, whoa. <laughs> there was a lot of like weird creep stuff happening with the, with the, the baby that was born, my brain just stopped. Completely. Oh, I, I, th- I was like trying to find a, a, a gentler word that's not baby, but that's also not like monster. <laughs> I think the monster can be a baby and the baby can be a monster. I, I think guess. I don't know. I guess I'm hesitant to say that because there was a, a, a really big like ableist kind of like narrative running through where it's there like, definitely was. so th- that's yeah that's my one hesitation because i know it's a horror movie it's a monstrous baby it's definitely but a it monster, was this idea that it was, but, but where, it's monstrous yeah. because it's deformed and yeah. because it's like you know all these things that it's like yeah, there are people born like that but it must be evil because it looks this way and it clearly isn't human i and think it's the like, one mm. way that you can look at this is it is the monster is because it eats it's and kills literally people. yes yeah. exactly um, but yeah you're absolutely right there was that kind of rhetoric throughout because uh you know, there's so much of that sort of lollygagging, like, have you seen it? It was huge, and it was weird looking, and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And, you know, those hushed whispers about the, the mutant baby that was born yeah. kind of thing, and And totally. it's like this, and, and yeah, it's, it's again, again, it's a horror movie, it's not that deep, I know, but yeah, just knowing that it's connected to the, to like you said, that hush, hush stuff, to this legacy of like, oh, the, our baby was born looking kind of funny, so we're gonna leave it out to die of exposure, yeah. and just never speak of it. So... Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely was picking that up and was kind of like, ooh, yikes. Yeah. 74. Yep. Not that that means it's not there or it's not yeah. worth addressing. <laughs> so much it's just like, of, of course it's there. It would be a different story if this movie was 
made exactly as is in like now now yeah <laughs> like um a lot of it would still work very mm-hmm. well but that you'd have to flip the rhetoric a fair just bit just a I little think. yeah just as a basic setup we have this couple that they have a kid and they're expecting another kid and they're stoked about it and at the start of the movie, uh, the woman goes into labor, and the man's just like, sweet, let's go to the hospital. And so he's just chilling in yeah, the Yeah, they, they drop off the son with an uncle, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, okay, hold on. That was, like, my first queer thing ever. Like, the uncle was this, like, single bachelor living the fun life kind of thing. Like, I totally got gay vibes off of yeah, him he, with he it was, being unspoken. He's a cool uncle who's just like, oh, yeah, he hasn't found a lady yet, but when he does... Yeah, <laughs> he's like, um, sure. <laughs> I kind of feel like I really want cool to just be like, you know, a synonym for, for gay, gay kind of thing. Oh, for cool ants, it probably like, I think it mostly I mean. is. Like, like yeah. as I said before, I, I can very much consider being queer as sitting at the cool kids table kind of thing. Like, Yeah, that's why so know. many people want to try and like jump in on it. That's also Let's go to the good that, parties. That's why they also like completely just like get the hall monitors to complain that they're being too loud and all that stuff and get on that <laughs> <laughs> straight pride. <laughs> um, yeah, straight people are hall monitors. I'm sorry to break it to you. <laughs> straight people are cops. <laughs> <laughs> Junior cops. Anyway, oh, Jesus, wow. So we have we have kids dropped off with the uncle. He really wants to be there to see the baby born, but just, I, I remember doing that too. And like, cause I, I'm the oldest of my, you know, there's three of us all together. So I remember being like, well, I want to, I want to be at the hospital and like watch the baby. I'm going to catch I wanna the baby. Wa- yeah. I want to watch the baby be born. My parents are just like, no, you don't. Trust me. You don't. You don't. <laughs> I feel like that would be one of those like primal imprint things and I was on like, your brain where it's like, well, I'm never reproducing. After that's watching that. That's a definite possibility. Yeah. Because I remember I like, I, there was uh, TLC had this show called A Baby Story where it was like literally just following like pregnant women and birth and it's like we mm-hmm. have our baby now and like the pre- and just like hyping up the baby's gonna be born and stuff yeah. and so I'm just like I can handle it I watch this show all the time I totally got they it. blur out the vaginas and stuff but I've basically seen birth so I can watch my sister be born and they're like yeah no <laughs> that's so funny but yeah so they drop the kid off and they go to the hospital and to the husband's credit, he seems pretty gung-ho about being there as much as he can, mm-hmm. but being the times and also just being how we view people's roles in the the, the gender roles of birth, uh, he's quickly relegated to the waiting room mm-hmm. to, like... And he doesn't fight it. He's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like, the like he he's out there with all the other fellow dads that are waiting. Dads to be and stuff, yeah. When there's this huge commotion and one of the people in the birthing suite runs the fuck out holding his neck and bleeding to death and collapses and when they go in the entire birthing team has been fucking slaughtered and the mother's just like where's my baby and the baby's gone because it turns out as the movie has showed that it's a monster baby that eats people yeah because she was she was saying like you know this doesn't feel right like this feels different than when I was pregnant last time. Yeah, what about that with the doctors just telling her, it's like, it's your imagination, we know better, honey. Yeah, they're just like gaslighting her and then they're like, oh, this baby's fucking huge. That's all it is. It's a really big fucking baby. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, no, it's like some man-eating Satan spawn type Whoa, scenario. Yeah. Once yeah. again. <laughs> um, I'm not going to sing any more of it because I do not want to pay money to the estate of Hollow Notes. So there's so much anxiety around the baby, and you mentioned ableism and all that. Uh, I was, 
I don't know the exact timeline, but I was wondering if this was commenting on the the thalidomide scare. Oh, maybe. You know, like, the, to put it in crasser words, the flipper baby thing that was right. going on. Yeah. Um, That's, yeah, that would have been around the right time, hey? Yeah, I think so. Because uh, the that people would have been a very public out... anxiety that would be very easy to capitalize on, especially for a horror, body horror yeah. type person who was who was enterprising and so inclined yeah for sure um but because they're constantly trying to blame like the birth control she was on or other drugs and they're looking for all these you know environmental causes as to why her body fucked up the baby yeah to put it bluntly basically yeah why the incubator like fucked up the incubation period and it's funny it, it the movie really shows how integral to a heteronormative structure uh a very standard version of birth is because like he the husband becomes a social pariah almost Mm -hmm. because of this birth kind of thing like he his name is named on the radio and he loses his shit and yeah he he then like loses his his job job. yeah Yeah. because he had an abnormal yeah so yeah it's like he's getting fired because like by ableism by proxy and like i don't so know. much of the movie he's just like it's not my kid yeah he it's refuses not it's not my kid it's not my kid and yeah it's like i don't yeah i mean i feel like the the mom like i guess it focuses more on the dad but like the mom would be a social pariah if they like let her leave the house yeah because she just, more like got shut away basically yeah got yellow wallpaper. exactly yeah, i was waiting for her to go like little nuts yeah um but yeah, yeah, the, the, her function as this like birth factory, and then mm-hmm. how when because a lot of um, critiques you see from people who have given birth of birth in a hospital, especially as being a very traumatizing experience, is that you know it's at some point in the birth it becomes about like it's one hundred percent about the baby and fuck the fuck the incubator that's delivering it. Mm. Your function right now is to be a baby factory. There's like a romantic tragedy in the notion of like, the mother died during childbirth. There really is. And that's all kinds of fucked. Yeah. And then you have all these women who are left traumatized. Like there's a term, you know, controversial term that goes around called like birth rape, where you have these, you know, women in labor who have, you know, some examples are like a doctor who says like, you know, commanding her to, like, lay down. She's like, like, I'm having contractions. I need to be walking. Bends her over, shoves his hand in her vagina to see how, if how far dilated she is. And it's like, in any other context, that would be sexual assault. Yeah. Sexual battery, I guess, technically. But in this context, it's it's totally fine. So the trauma's not valid because it's not what he was meant to do. It was for the baby's sake. And just this utter dehumanization that it's like, you know, on the one hand, home birth makes me, like, very nervous looking at the mm-hmm. statistics and everything but on the other hand i totally get why it's an attract seems attractive to so many people because you're utterly dehumanized or you risk being utterly de- dehumanized by the medical professionals and then people of course the response to that is always like well something could go wrong you need the medical professionals blah 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 and it's like yeah sure that can be true but there's like this dichotomy dichotomy built up between the two where it's either like the right scientific clinical way or the the hippy dippy your baby's gonna die like yeah and it's like yeah there's there's can we not wed both of having like actual care Mm. with medical technology and like service yeah it's um if there's one thing that we've said 
many times on this podcast, probably more implicitly than explicitly, so I'll say explicit now. Binaries are bullshit. They sure are. That was my ASMR telling you that binaries <laughs> are bullshit. But yeah, another thing, um, sorry, back to the dad being the pariah. Mm-hmm. Because like like you pointed out, like so much of it was like what went wrong on the mother's end with the mother's yep. body. Like it always it, like kind of comes back to the mother, mm-hmm. whereas the father was just more like the, the social face of it, I guess. Right. The public face. Because I, yeah, I think of like so many times, I, I know like just, you know, going off of more traditional Italian stuff, if your, ki- if your kid turns out gay or something, it's assumed to be the mother's fault. Yeah. So, and I, I know that's not just it. Like, so I should it, go to Italy and anytime someone like, it's like, what's your deal? Gay, I should just go and like high five the mother and be like, nice. Nice. Yeah. Good for you. Doing something right. Keep it up. Um, one thing I did find nice about this, especially when you point out the ableism and the abnormal birth kind of ideology going into this, was that the mother who was, like, shown as, like... I mean, it was nice and also kind of, like, oh, of course it's cool when he does it, but mm. the mother was shown as being, like, protective of her baby, and everyone's like, you're crazy, that's a monster, and the husband was just <laughs> yeah. like, you gotta kill it. But then the husband came around yeah. when he actually saw it crying and wounded it. And, and like, he was like, this is my son. Yeah. Like, yeah, going it's, from being like, I will never, that's no child of mine, to, like, it's my son, you can't hurt him. So on the one hand, it was gross because it's just, like, Everyone thought the mother was nuts for Including doing this. Including the father. But then as soon as the man is just, like, accepting of it, the movie kind of switches tack. All of on. a sudden, humanity is granted to this yeah. little crying, that pathetic That said, looking... I give them props for at least having it so that they realize, like, no, the kid's worth love, worthy of love kind mm-hmm. of thing, even if fleeting. Very fleeting because of when he then throws the baby at the <laughs> cop and it eats his fucking face. <laughs> that was, a, that oh. was a moment and a half. Yeah. Um, fuck. <laughs> oh, what did you think of this one? Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was something. It was, it was a mix of, like, goofy at times, mostly mm-hmm. at the end. Um, like said, creepy. Yeah, in many parts, and it's sad. I guess even yeah. depending on how you how sympathetic you are to the the little monster baby. Yeah, because even though I've been ragging on the husband in particular for the heteronormative kind of things like that, I felt like he was fairly sympathetic for the most part. Yeah, because um, it's like he's he's being shit on from all ends, and yeah, and and then having that internal like, oh, I have to be like this. M- you know, that masculine, stoic father, like, he, he doesn't even have the opportunity to, like, mourn yeah. the loss of his kid. It just goes straight to, like, having to, like, recuperate my own being by rejecting yeah. it entirely. And it's like, yeah, he doesn't get to have the space to actually be yeah. like, hey, I was really looking forward to having this baby. And I don't, like, mourning that loss, you yeah. know? So, so the if the characterization was more shallow in this movie, I think uh, he would have been far less sympathetic. But mm-hmm. the movie, um, definitely to uh, Cohen's credit, uh, at least actually, it plays in parts like a bit of a character study. And yeah, I thought that was interesting true. about it. Like, it's got a little more depth than you would think from what the premise lets yeah. on. <laughs> That's true. So I really dug that about it because it was that nice blend of, like, 70s exploitation, low-budget fare, and actually realizing you can do that and still like tell an actual story yeah yeah and like hey characters can't just be like i'm the father do 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 my son's great oh no my son's weird oop i hate my son full (laughs) stop which that's like the very sort of like outlined 
basic bitch version of what happened here, but mm-hmm. there's more depth to it than that. Uh, one thing that bummed me out, and I've been ranting about this a lot the last week, is, like, they have a cat, yeah. and then the baby eats the cat. And it's just like, okay, I see all these people that are just like, how dare they kill dogs in movies? Like, they shouldn't kill dogs in movies. That's fucked up. Boo if you kill your dog in your movie. And, like, that's fine. I, I have no yeah. issue with that complaint. Love dogs. Um, but it's, on the other hand, it's just, like, people don't give a shit when it's the kitty cat. And it's, in horror, it's, like, always the kitty cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, if you see a dog, it's just, like, oh, God, the dog might die, but the dog might live and be the hero. I don't know. Oh, 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 this is so tense. And then if it's a cat, it's just like, well, that cat is going to get eaten at the end of Act 1, just so we know that some shit's going down. That's why Sleepwalkers is great, because you have Clovis who saves the day. Clovis is the hero we all need. Yeah, Clovis is our hero cat. Okay, okay, moving right along. The next movie we watched was another one that I hadn't seen for a long time, so I pleasantly surprised watching it again. It was 2000's Little Otik. This is more of a weird fantasy... (sighs) It's some, like, weird wave type shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's hard to really pin down exactly what it is. It has horror elements, for sure. Absolutely. But it definitely has some huge cult appeal going forward. It's by uh, Jans Vankmeyer, who is this Czech artist who's, like, known for doing crazy cool stop-motion animation kind of stuff. Like, I have a copy of it. I haven't watched it yet. Of his version of Alice in Wonderland. Where, I remember you've told me about it before. Yeah, the white rabbit is like a taxidermied rabbit <laughs> kind of thing. And it's like, uh, what a The creep movie. factor is already up to like a 10. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Little Otik. Um, we have, so another couple that, mm-hmm. th- they don't have children. They're um, wanting to have a baby. But they find out right at the beginning that they're as barren as can be. Mm-hmm. And they're like never going to be able to have a child that is, like, genetically theirs. Mm -hmm. Can I just talk about that beginning for a second? Yeah. Okay, one thing I I really liked about it was uh, there's a sort of surrealist edge to this movie, Mm -hmm. where in the opening scene when they find out they're barren and she walks out of the clinic crying, um, right before that happens, the father's looking out the window and there's this cart on the street oh, corner. Oh, yeah, that's right before. And this dude right is pool-skimming babies out of this tub, almost like seafood. Like, it's like, hey, come get your fish and chips kind of thing. Just skimming yeah, live babies yeah. out, wrapping them in newspapers, and just handing them off to this line of people. Like, anyone can get one kind of thing. Yeah. And then this thing happens where it's like, we can't have a baby. And immediately after, when he's driving her home, he stops at the light, and the crosswalk goes... And it's just, as far as the eye can see, women pushing prams, people yeah. with collars. It's just babies fucking everywhere yeah, kind of which thing. speaks to, on the one hand, that sort of, like, baby fever kind of thing, mm-hmm. where it's like, I want one. But then, in this case, it's a very tragic, like, longing that yeah. it's, like, yeah, that injustice of, like, everybody and their fucking dog can have a baby, but yeah. we, by some happenstance, you know, nature thing, can't. And It really sets the imperative of... That's true. Yeah, I guess looking at as some, baby. yeah, because on the um, one hand, yeah, it's, it's no. I think you're absolutely yeah. right. I got that from it too. But, <laughs> but it also, you make a good point. They are in a world where that is what you do. Oh yeah, it's natalism so is the ideology. Yeah, so it's one of those things where when they can't, it's they're not just robbed of their personal fulfillment. They're robbed of uh, like full personhood. Yeah, yeah, practically, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, I figured. Yeah. Get to that before before you. No, that's going, a really yeah, good yeah. point. Um, and so, you know, they're they're pretty they're pretty upset, the wife especially. And the husband is out digging in the garden and digs up a tree like root mm-hmm. and goes like, Hey, this uh this kinda looks like a baby. I'm gonna go have it 
lacquered up. And... I think he did it. Oh, I'm pretty okay. sure he was in his own workshop. Ah, uh, yeah, it. okay. So he goes to his own workshop and does this and brings it in and goes, here's our son, and tries to, like, cheer his wife up with this, like, surrogate baby, but she gets oh, it, it really goes into it. Him. Like, his plan he, kind of he blows up in his face. He very quickly regrets it and is like, I should just fucking destroy this thing. Hmm. And the wife starts going around telling everyone, like, oh, I'm pregnant. I'm going to have a baby. And he's like, what are... Like, he's he's all about saving face. And it's just like, mm-hmm. what the fuck are you doing? What will they think? What will they think? Like, what will everybody think about us? We can't, you know, because nobody knows that, obviously, that they can't have children. Mm-hmm. But what will everybody... So if they found that out, they would think what fail... Or we... He assumes they would think, like, what failures? What, mm-hmm. what a disgrace? What a shame? But... What's even worse is this, like, sham pregnancy that, like, how are we going to make this happen? Because Mm. one way or another, they're going to find out eventually. And so this log baby thing starts uh, animating a bit and eating a lot of soup and milk. Yeah, what the fuck? Like, he sends his wife away when she's supposedly having the baby just to, like, keep up the roof. Sends her to the cottage in the country for a week. And then, yeah, this is even more of that dad in the waiting room thing. Like, totally. he drops her off, and then it's just like, you're in the hospital for the week, and I'm just going to be doing my yeah, own thing. Yeah, you lay low, and don't let anybody see you, and yeah. I'm going to be keeping up appearances. Yeah, but then um, when he goes to pick her up, it's like the log babies sort of come to life a bit. Mm-hmm. And in this great, janky, what-the-fuck-stop motion, of course. Yes. <laughs> um, but he walks in, and she's nursing it mm-hmm. like and yeah this little like baby. log mouth is just suckling and mm-hmm. it's weird man it's <laughs> <laughs> and we have the little girl Elspeta. but whatever the czech version is of that name i don't it's very close exactly. to Elspeta, but it's like slightly different anyway she's she's uh, a neighbor who lives in the same apartment building mm-hmm. as them she's noticing like oh so- stuff's kind of weird like stuff is up but I'm just a kid, so nobody listens to me. Right. And um, she starts, like, noticing certain things happening, and she pulls out this fairy tale book. Yeah. That talks... So they have, you know, this baby... Oh, our baby's name is Otik, but we're not going to show anyone yeah. the baby for whatever... You know, obviously, because it's, it's not a, a baby. real baby. Yeah. And, um, so and she, it eats hair at the start. Like, it just eats her hair. There is a yeah. gif of the baby eating the hair. from That was one of those cursed image on the internet for a, a long time ago. Of course it was. I remember seeing that. It's like, okay, I have to find whatever movie this is from. And that's how I found out about this. Oh, Because okay. there's this gif of him just going, nom, 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 while the hair sucks up like spaghetti, you know? <laughs> yeah. So the little girl, um, she finds this, yeah, this story about a man who, like this this, this sad, you know, very, it's that sort of romanticized peasant type folktale, mm-hmm. very romantic period type thing of the you know this couple who they would be so happy if only they could have a baby so the husband finds a, a root tree root mm-hmm. that looks like a baby and their desire and everything brings it to life but mm-hmm. then it starts eating everything in sight everything i can see and yeah actually even um some of the visuals of the of and it's called what is called an otisank or something o- otisek yeah otisek otisek yeah so, and the father, like, has been disparagingly calling the baby that. And the mom's mm. like, don't call him that. He's he's not, like, he's not a monster. He's our baby. And so it's very similar to the to the mm. first movie. I should point out that this is actually based on a real fairy tale. Yes. Apparently, like, the he didn't fairy pull tale this out of his in ass. the book is what the movie's based on. Mm-hmm. But it's doing this almost, like, meta thing before meta. Or I guess at the start of when meta was cool, because this was 2000. This is true. Uh, but this was apparently a movie he tried to make in the early 90s to mm. begin with. 
so before the whole meta thing was cool, but it is kind of like it's based on the fairy tale while containing the fairy tale in its own story structure yes, exactly. as a very pertinent plot point because that's what drives the little girl into investigating. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, when like pe- certain things are, are, are awry and like, people start going missing and a she's character like character in the movie notices the mirroring to the fairy tale yes. that the movie is based on. Exactly. And even the father notices the mirroring too and is like, "Oh my god, this is so cursed." Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but even I was going to say some of the visuals with the the monster root baby yeah. reminded me like when it has the the little snoot mouth thing that gets all like monstrous with the big tongue yeah. and teeth it made me think of like no face from uh spirited away oh, who also eats yeah, everything yeah. in sight once he's let in oh shit I right so and i know spirited away came a bit later because because if this one i was, think it was 2000 as well was it 2000 oh, i thought it was maybe like 2000 and like three or um, maybe i don't it was remember. it was in the early 2000s definitely within the first few years yeah so i don't know if there's any we overlap. saw uh spirited away at the bfi in last uh, south bank in london uh yeah last year yeah yeah i yeah. mean i'd seen it a gajillion times before that it was your first time that was one of yeah. the few times that has happened where i've been the one who was like we have to go see this movie because i love it and you he, haven't seen he it did that with cat soup as well so if you have any other <laughs> anime recommendations monster house up, up your sleeve <laughs> it seems if it's animated it's i've missed it so i'm looking forward to showing you the uh, animation hell episode i have cooked up for the future <laughs> um because those I'm will stoked. be ones that i have seen that will be great i think i did that with Coraline too so mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, so... Um, Moana. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess you watched part it. of Moana. I saw, I saw two-thirds of Moana. It's um, so good. It was good. Like, what I saw was good, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so, yeah, this this log baby starts eating people, even, because they can't they can't satiate it with just all of their carrot soup and all their milk and all Including this stuff. Including shitty pedophile, which I am here for. Oh, that was so great. So they lock it up in the basement, and the little girl is, like, decides to be its friend for some reason. So, yeah, all hell breaks loose. She's trying to trick people into feeding this yeah, she, monster baby. she doesn't want to do it. She's doing the, like, matchstick thing where she's get it matches with the number of people in the building. And she breaks one short and then just does, like, can I pull the short straw thing? And she's just naming off names while pulling them. Yeah. And it's, like, whoever gets the short straw, she's like, well, I'm going to trick them into being murdered. Yeah, so starting with the pedophile who's always trying to, like, grab her ass. Of course, like- before this happens, um, the baby does eat the cat. Yep. And they are total dicks to this cat all fucking moving. Yeah, the second the baby's around, the mother is just like fucking shoving it off of shit. Grabbing you. We should get rid of it. It's like, you are a witch. And it was like a floofier version of our cat Calypso. Yeah, it was a beautiful black baby cat. And um, yeah, so my point still stands. Um, If you couldn't guess, I like cats. Yeah. That's, you know. So, um,. Oh yeah, and then one of the things the girl is worried about is that in the cause, because it's been mirroring the folk tale or the fairy tale, I guess because it's it's written down. Um, it at one point the Otisek Otisek yeah okay <laughs> I don't speak a lick of Czech I don't either yeah um, it it approaches an old an old woman's. Cabbage, cabbage patch and starts eating all the cabbage and she's like what the fuck are you doing you <laughs> asshole and he's like I'm eat- i ate everything and i'm gonna eat you and she takes her hoe and just like whacks him in the stomach and he dies yeah and so there and in their building is an old woman who's always tending her garden the whole season she's, she's been growing cabbage, cabbage yeah. and so she's like okay oh don't 
go in the cabbage patch the cabbage it will make give you gas it is not good for you don't eat that shit because she will kill can i just say that little kid rule she's like so great she was saying oh god she was so funny what is it it's just like why don't you hang out with your friends it's like i don't see them anymore this sucks i'm very possessive <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I, want a baby. I want a baby i'm very possessive yeah that kid is so funny um so and I think that's so so interesting too with the with the folk to, like that that it's the old woman that can overcome it because or can defeat the monster because old women especially widows have a very occupy a very interesting kind of position social position mm-hmm. in the time that these stories would have been past or like not necessarily um, composed but like where we what we associate them with that that sort of like you know medieval type. Like the time hag. frame yeah yeah that that the hag whatever where it's like she's she's already served her purpose she's oh, like not... i said the hag as opposed to like a hag i didn't mean the hog the hog no Nazis. i mean like <laughs> no like the hag like the archetype yes of like the old yes. barren w- widowed woman who is yeah she because at that point she's she's not fertile anymore so she you know, a lot of times they already serve their purpose. They've already mm-hmm. been a wife. They've already been a mother. And now they're beyond that. So all of a sudden they get a lot more freedoms and a lot more ambiguity in their gender roles right. than young maidens do. Right. That's one thing um, I had a prof point out. That's why so many wines, at least French wines, they the title is like widow something because that's one of the things that they were allowed to do is like to go into like the winemaking business, I guess, in France. Wild. Yeah, super cool. So widow juice, widow juice, yeah, a pint of widow juice. Oh yeah, but then the story also where she like cuts open the stomach reminded me of this. Um, I think it was a Norwegian folktale that I studied, mm-hmm. where this kid, he, you know, he encounters a troll, and trolls are like dumb as shit. Fucking trolls. Yeah, and the tr- and so, um, but the trolls always have all this treasure. So the kid, the brave kid, he goes in and he he like challenges the troll. So trolls are trust fund babies. Totally. Like, they're those like nature's sweet, trust fund babies. The, those like, you know, like upstate New York white boys that are just like, I got where I am on my own merit. Yeah. Not not counting daddy's bank account. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That kind of thing. Trolls. Yeah. Um, and so he, at, at some point he's like, gonna, he's like, okay, I'm gonna like take all the trolls money, money and riches. So he's like, Tro- you know, troll, I'll challenge you to a contest to see who can eat more. And the troll's like, okay, yeah, you're a scrawny little kid. Let's do it. And so, because the troll's dumb as shit, he has to know that, notice that the kid put his backpack in front of his stomach. And so he's like shoveling, so they're shoveling food into their mouths and the kid's like dumping it into the backpack and they're both getting like, oh, we're so full. So the kid goes, I know, let's cut open our stomach so all the food comes out and we can fit more in there. And the troll's like, okay, and fucking kills himself. That story seems so Norwegian. I know, right? Like, oh my God. So yeah, that idea of just like, you know, this thing that's eating everything, if you just get it in the stomach, you will vanquish it. Yeah, yeah, there's... Definitely something there. Like I have expected the fairy tale to end with, and then all the people he ate popped out. Me too, because that—that's this is a lot more dark. Where it's like, no, that's a lot more. Again, that's a lot more spirited away. Because I think when they actually have him like regurgitate everything, like the frogman that he ate comes out and stuff. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, this was a wild ride. This was a wild ride. Yeah, I I like it a lot. It it was fun. (laughs) Um, One thing. I wanted to talk about in terms of queerness that I mm-hmm. saw in this movie was uh, okay. If we wanted to have kids, if. we would have to okay. When we want to have kids, <laughs> <We're not. laughs> um, I know you're still like you're like yeah maybe. <laughs> 
That's a debate for different Anyway, no, um, hypothetically speaking. Hypothetically, it would cost money to do so. Yep. You know, we can't just go out and make a free baby. And this is something that Cameron Esposito has talked about at length. And it's also something that faces the queer community and the gay community and people that identify as both of that things. Yeah. Um, it faces them in that, you know, biologically speaking... A lot of the time, that doesn't make sense. Right. Like, you can't just... I say biologically speaking a lot of the time because there are queer couples that are made up with trans yep. partners and stuff where it's like, they can, in the traditional sense, make a baby kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. But it's still very queer, and I don't want to disregard that yep. as being a valid kind of thing. Yeah. But for a lot of people, it's, you need IVF, you need um, sperm donors, you need to adopt, there's all these you different You need to have your eggs drawn, withdrawn, you need to maybe find a surrogate if yeah. it's to, like, assign male at birth. Yeah, yeah. People, so... so it's, yeah. It's not, it's not a home-cooked meal, so to speak. No, um, not necessarily. Or if it is, it involves a whole lot of uh, lab stuff. And that's And like, tens of thousands of dollars. But isn't that, like, so much this movie, where this couple, even though they are by all intents and purposes, uh, a cishet couple, yeah. they can't make a baby. They can't make a baby. Yeah. And so they go this alternate route to make a baby. It's such this, like, yeah. And it's just totally off the beaten track, and the result is monstrous and not seen as valid and stuff. And, like, what did they say about test tube babies when that totally, was Totally, yeah. Thing, right? And what do they even say now about, like, all this fear-mongering about, like, oh, you can't have you can't have two moms or two dads. The kid's not going to yeah. turn out right. There's, like, any sort of non-traditional family structure Yeah, is just, like, it doesn't jive. It's a freak it's, show. Yeah. And, like, look at the lengths they go to to have this kid. Like, they're so desperate kind of thing. And it can maybe sort of mirror, like, the desperation of anyone who wants to be a parent, wants mm -hmm. to have a kid, and is maybe stuck with fewer options than other And maybe not even families. having access to those options yeah. because of finances or really fucking restrictive discriminative adoption laws or yeah. like you know all of these things so even though it's following a fairy tale narrative i find little otik's uh conception story to be very queer in that there way. is some queer kinship happening <laughs> absolutely <laughs> which um, i just because you were talking about that that very like pronatalism mm -hmm. at the beginning and stuff so it just made me think um when I was listening to podcasts, when I was uh, oh, doing some work. the rest of us. Uh, yeah, I did. I did, finally. Um, there's a podcast called The Dig, mm -hmm. which is um, put out by Jacobin Magazine. Mm -hmm. And they had, like, a excellent, like, two-hour practically episode that was, um, most of it was an interview with Donna Haraway, who, of oh, the Cyborg, Cyborg Manifesto, Manifesto fame. And when Wow, it, we just unisoned on Cyborg Manifesto. Oh, um, yeah. How's that rumor? I guess we are plenty academic. Wait, why did I call them out? They're the ones that called us academic. <laughs> We're calling them in and We're saying, them in. look it's at like, us. Look at we us. We won't disappoint you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so one of the things she that she's been um, a proponent of is like challenging natalism. Okay. But because of the very eugenic history of saying that people shouldn't always reproduce being put specifically on people of color oh people, god yeah isn't that just like like malthusian like yeah like i totally appreciate people that don't want to have kids and yes. like think it's not for them and stuff and like when it's a personal choice especially yeah. it's like that's so fucking valid but 
when it becomes forced, you're, exactly. you're absolutely right. It becomes... You're absolutely right. Wow. <laughs> you're absolutely right. If you didn't notice, I slur my words a lot. You're absolutely right. And, um... It's, uh... Well, we're recording this in fucking Alberta, like the mm-hmm. eugenics capital of Canada. Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, our the university we went to used to have a eugenics department. Was it called that? I'm pretty sure it was the Department of Eugenics. Oh my or God. Or it had like an office or something. I'm pretty sure it was in sub. And even like to the point that I'm pretty sure some of the, of the like Hitler's Nazis and orchestrators of the whole genocide there studied under Albertans and we're like, yeah, you know what? This model, this is some good shit. We're going to take this it's with funny, us. It's funny because the U of A is like so renowned in the field of medicine for a lot of their research <laughs> and all that stuff now. Yeah. But then it's just like... Uh, dark beginnings. Dark beginnings is yeah. right. But anyway, this interview with Haraway, um, she's you know talking about realistically what to do in the face of climate crisis and stuff right. and how, you know, when her, I think she said she's about like 75 now. Mm. So in her lifetime, the world population has like more than doubled. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and just saying, you know, like, sustainable, sustainably speaking, like, we really need to challenge this, like, natalism, hmm. not to an antinatalism stent, but s- sense necessarily, like, you. she said people who want to have kids should be able to have that and be supportive, and we really need, like, a pro-child world, but we also need to stop acting, you know, stop pushing this narrative that having children and reproducing is... is mandatory is what it is to be human is what it was required to live a fulfilling life and to really interrogate that desire within ourselves and so but one of the interesting things is um that some of what she has said she's been accused of being like making genocidal statements and stuff because well because you know because i I, she said you know i think it's a she wrote something where ideally we could get the world's population down to more like three some billion which which yeah if if you're putting it in the context of like eugenics and sterilization of of, like the reality like in a very sort of like idealistic way i think you could separate it from a sort of genocidal kind of Mm -hmm. thing because you're not saying who shouldn't be exactly because she's like you know if anything it's the people who have the biggest carbon footprints that'd be people like you and me who i'm sure our individual carbon footprints are bigger than like entire families in the Mm -hmm. parts of the world with people who they who you know, Bill Gates and Prince William and everyone who say need to stop reproducing. But that's just that we live in the world where those are the people who are Would, bad for or, reproducing. Yeah, and they're targeted and for that. Yeah. And that's it's so like, fucked. it is, it really is. And so, you know, she clarified, she's like, I, you know, I, I she's like, I resent being called genocidal because no, I think we need a pro child world, not mm-hmm. a pro natal world. Yeah. And, but one of the interesting things she talks about was that we need to find ways of like making kinship relationships that don't and having kin and like family but you know kin being that sort of like queering alternative to the heteronormative family in ways that don't require reproduction in ways that you know like community child raising and stuff like that where now we're getting into another of my papers that i like to go back to queer kinship totally yeah so i as we're talking about that was judy b right i think so okay yeah yeah. yeah, i think so um i mean a lot a lot of different like i think a lot of like Mm -hmm. black queer scholars have also Uh, like written about alternate like kinship and stuff yeah i was just thinking of the one we the one that the one we read in that class yeah exactly yeah when you're covering all the different slices of the queer or you know class that purports to cover all the different slices of yeah you only get like little snippets of everything totally yeah. yeah so Anyway, so yeah, I think uh, I just want to plug that there because I I found it fascinating. I Donna Haraway is like 
her stuff is amazing. It's it's so su- dense. Like when we yes. say that we like academic stuff, but then you no, know, a cyborg manifesto was like thirty pages long, and I didn't understand most I don't, of it. I don't find her stuff particularly accessible, at least the stuff that I've read. Yeah, I remember one of my favorite lines in the uh, cy- in a cyborg manifesto, and I just pulled it up to double check um, where she's talking about like the way we're living now and in this like cyborg time as opposed to this naturalistic you know nature as being this very specific concept we're all becoming like cyborgs Mm -hmm. and you know how you always hear the nietzsche god is dead she goes uh it's not just that god is dead so is the goddess and how we cannot go back ideologically or materially we are forging forward into this cyborg future and Mm -hmm. i'd rather be a cyborg than a goddess and it was like oh this is really fucking cool so I dig that page. Yeah, yeah it, it's cool. I, I I need to revisit it again, all thirty pages. <laughs> see if it, see what sticks this time. But yeah, yeah. if you're um, interested in some like p- I guess postnatalist politics and uh, sustainable future type kinship building or whatever, it's a really sick interview. I nice. I recommend it. Dig okay. I cool, yeah cool. the dig. I dig that's, it. That's your one free plug. Yep, that's right. <laughs> your one free plug. Um, yeah, that, uh, listening to that this week, I was, knowing that we were going to talk about this topic, I was like, I should, I should bring it up because it, it's totally no, that's relevant. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But that being said, we should probably move on because we're we're uh, pushing time again here. Yeah. By we, I mean I am. <laughs> hey, we're having a good discussion. I feel like let that be the this deciding factor. So yeah, I think we both recommend Little Otik. Absolutely. Check that movie out. It's fucking cool. Uh, in the it's age... probably my favorite of the week. Uh. Yeah, me too, me too, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah, 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 it was. Uh, in the age of, like, 4K restorations and all that kind of <laughs> stuff, I would love to see a, a nice uh, Blu-ray of this come out. Maybe there already is one, and I completely skimmed over it. Who the fuck knows? It's going off my DVD I bought a billion years ago. Um, that being said, I love that sort of, like, shot-on-video look it has. Oh, yeah. It just... It just Because like, we were watching it, we're like, when did this come out? Like, it looks like it could... It had this, like, timelessness to it. Yeah. I think in part because of the format and just, like, the medium of yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, that we're, is, like this, is this is it the 90s? early 90s movie? Is, is it... this, like, did this come out five years ago? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, that was really cool. That sort of, like, I couldn't place, we couldn't place it. Yeah. You had to look it up. And then we heard 2000, we're like, really? Okay, I guess so, And also because it was a Czech, or yes. it was, it is a Czech yeah. movie. Um, so culturally, yeah. stylistically, it's very different than anything we've ever seen. It's or not like if we see an American or Canadian movie from the '90s where the fashion immediately yes, dates it. Exactly. Kind of thing. You know, it's one of those things where it's like it's different, but that could be contemporary or Absolutely. it could be dated as shit by their standards. Like it's like we, we don't, don't know have that frame of reference. Exactly. So it's yeah, it, no. it's a cool movie. Little Otik. Yes. Um, highly recommended. The next movie I also highly recommend for the completely for different, different reasons. reasons. Yeah. We watched. 1990s sewage baby oh, aka the suckling fuck yeah. but sewage i baby will is only recognize title. it as the sewage baby sewage baby is the best fucking title <laughs> it's this so crass but so is the movie movie this Holy fucking movie. shit um this just reading the back it's one of those things i think i said when i put it on it that I haven't seen this, so I don't know how grossly offensive it's going to be. <laughs> um, and it turns out that it is grossly offensive in its construct, but in a way that it's like a John Waters movie. You just can't help but laugh at what you're seeing kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, not right. to say that it has the quality or 
je ne sais quoi of, of a John, John Waters, Waters movie. But no, it doesn't. I felt like this is like if John Waters made it to the 90s without ever doing more commercial stuff kind of thing and said, I'm making a horror movie, this would be that fucking movie. More than likely. <laughs> yeah, um, so... Uh, <laughs> Oh my so the opening scene, this nightmare that this this girl is having where she's being like pushed through this hospital with like fetish nurses and their tits out. Yeah, and what stuff. do you call them? It's like, hey look, it's the titty nurse. <laughs> yeah, like Um, so we're like, oh, is this uh one of those like BDSM, like, oh I'm a legitimate doctor here to clamp your balls. Type Since situation. we literally just, just watched, watched Killing, Killing Eve. Eve. I, I, that <laughs> was on my, my mind. Yeah, yeah, that's where my mind went. <laughs> And um, so she's pregnant, and she gets her stomach, like, cut open with no anesthetic by this evil doctor. And we're both just, like, laughing, being like, this is literally what, like, pro-life people think abortion is. Yeah. <laughs> like, and this is probably, like, what they try, like, they probably show this at those, like, fake, you know, pregnancy care clinics. Yeah. Those fake abortion clinics. To be like, yeah. don't get an abortion. They're going to cut open your stomach and rip out your baby and flush yeah. it down the toilet. And But then she wakes up from the nightmare. Yeah. And then we see a different version of exactly what the pro-life crowd probably thinks abortion <laughs> is. So you get you get a twofer with this one. Yeah, we, we find out that um, the, the beginning crawl that there was this horrible, horrible murder at this. Um... I'm going to read Oh, it. yeah, please do. I'm please do. Fucking read it, okay? Yeah. Um, okay, so I don't have the whole crawl here, but it opens with on April first, nineteen seventy-three. So you know, April like, Fools. April Fools. The most bizarre and my- wait, nineteen seventy-three. So this movie was made in nineteen ninety, but it was playing way to the past. Huh. I mean, I, I mean, guess I don't. When was Roe versus Wade? Because seventy-three, I think. Like it was the se- uh, early seventies. So okay, so maybe maybe it was like right before, and because the. Because, yeah, it, you'll you understand why I'm saying that in a moment. Keep reading. Yes. On April 1st, 1973, the most bizarre and macabre event in all of Brooklyn's modern history occurred. Twelve people, inhabitants of a reputed house of prostitution and an illegal abortion clinic, were killed. Only one occupant survived. So, first off, what does that say that it didn't even occur to me that this story would have to exist before Rover's Wade because of the fucking depressing state of abortion right that exists where it's like even though it's fully legal it's like well look what's fucking happening yeah i'm right like now. i'm I, look what's happening yeah right it's now. supposed to be this thing that's located in the past but i feel like it's still happening in my lifetime mm-hmm. <laughs> like and i mean obviously it is around the world but it's yeah. like eh, in my own backyard too i'm pretty sure yeah um but also reputed house of prostitution slash back alley of, abortionist like, abortion clinic like yeah so it's like you got you got another twofer you got them both yep it's um, another one of those again that that whole the whole of reproductive labor is being when mcdonald's added pizza to the menu or it's just like (laughs) you can get your burgers but maybe you want your pizza and you can get both at the same place (laughs) that's exactly what this movie is okay (laughs) (laughs) oh no it's so as you guess probably guess there's a lot of weird bullshit surrounding abortion and like stigmatization and sex there but then there's also a lot of swarfy bullshit too a lot of like yeah i know the like the whole lot of like oh you're just a whore shut up whore you stupid bitch says the guy who's been there like frequenting them constantly right and then oh my god he fucking hates them this is a movie we've talked about this before where it's like a lot of movies are about misogyny without being misogynistic themselves they get accused of being misogynistic but it's like no it's a movie about misogyny Mm -hmm. this is a movie that i would say felt pretty misogynistic yeah but specifically at sex workers so it's Mm -hmm. different it's not real misogyny because they aren't like 
fully women or even yeah. really fully human if you think about it that's kind of the the message it's, it's i got very there swirthy. it's very it um, is yeah, yeah it's uh not even swerfy because there's no feminism in it oh yeah it's very sw- it's very it's just very like sw- <laughs> Uh, the, the, I don't know. I, I don't like to say this because I feel like it's not my thing to reclaim. But the word I always hear is horophobic, is one that's okay. frequently okay. used. Yeah, so very, very uh, antagonistic towards sex I don't workers. Think I've heard that phrase. I guess I've seen it more in writing. Oh, uh, but that's but, what yeah. I mean. Like, I, okay, cool, cool. Because um, that's definitely this fucking movie. Uh, Absolutely. Like it's it, it's like they they can run free on their misogyny, but it's okay because they're doing it to a hoe. So yeah, and it's almost a time played for comedic relief. Oh, absolutely! Like, Shut is, up, bitch. Which is a uh, it's kind of grossly handled, but it's almost like you're laughing anyway because of how ineptly handled it is. Yes. Like I could not stop laughing during this movie, even though there was so much fucking wrong with it. Like I said, it's got that kind of John Waters thing, but without the intent. Because as John Waters always said, there's a difference between good, good, good bad taste and bad bad taste. Absolutely. I feel like this didn't hit on that. This didn't. Like, it was just bad bad taste. It didn't have that distinction, but yeah. it still kind of had that effect mm-hmm. to it. But uh, yeah, you get this pregnant woman coming in to she's like a, i don't know you get the attention she's probably like you know high school senior kind of thing you get the sense that she that they're like a couple of confused kids well her boyfriend is confused in air quotes because uh, yes. he's playing a ruse he's a total fucking chad and he's total like fucking chode too yeah chad cho chud yep the triple chud. This felt like a chud origin story, by the way. Oh, but this was a we, chud we are, origin story. Or at least, story. like, maybe bud the chud origin. But we're getting ahead <laughs> of ourselves. So, yeah, he takes his pregnant girlfriend to the abortion clinic, says, oh, we're just, you know, she she doesn't want an abortion. She says, I'm going to I'm gonna put it up for adoption. It's fine. It's not going to ruin your life. And Oh, but, what is the line she says? She's like, but I love him, so I said I would I would go check it out for him yeah. kind of thing. Because and he's so great. Because he's so great. Clearly. Why did the movie play him up to be, like, such this fucking savior when he was a piece of shit piece from of second shit. one? Yeah. And, and the movie seems to be on his side for so much Yeah, exactly. No, it's ridiculous. But um, little does she know that she's had her drink... Yeah, so this is so much that pro-life rhetoric where she goes to the quote-unquote whorehouse to get a abortion, get an abortion, and then she doesn't want to do it, so they have to fucking roofie her. And, like, trick her into it. Yeah. And then this this maniac, you know, brothel madam slash abortionist. Yes, her big mama. What is it? She doesn't want to get the roofie drink. She's like, never turn down hospitality, son. I don't know why I'm doing it like that fucking dude from the Washingtonians, but (laughs) (laughs) that's my... Same energy. That's my southern energy. Yep. Very, I tell you, foghorn lighthorn. Um, and yeah, she performs a, a coat hanger abortion on her. And yeah, it's literally a coat literally, hanger. Literally. And then... T- <laughs> oh, the fucking part where it's she's... So- okay, first, first, first. Hold on. We're getting so ahead of ourselves. When she's in the waiting room before the abortion, there's that... Um, candy. Candy. Uh, she's a sex worker. And she's just like, I've had so many of them. They're it's fine. No it's deal. a no-brainer kind of thing. And it's playing up this sort of like loose woman using it as contraceptive kind of thing. And it's just like this fucked up kind of representation of a person that it it very much feels like that sort of scaremongering tactic in a caricature totally um but then anyway so you get that then she gets the abortion where it's like you need to dispose of this so bertha the first thing she 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 takes out she's like i've never seen a second trimester abortion this big (laughs) (laughs) it's so tragic 
<laughs> and has this like mangled body and hands yeah. it to hands it to Bertha and is like the, go. the one of two people of color in this movie the yeah, only the, woman of color of this movie yeah they're like two black so guess people who dies first right so go dispose of that the way I told you and, which is flush it down the toilet yeah. into the like dungeon the sewer, sewer looks like something out of a labyrinth yeah like like, like that's apparently what the brooklyn sewer looks like yeah first off it's like this is in brooklyn it's like this is a part of brooklyn i've never heard like of the sewer it's just, like, probably looks nicer looks than like it was filmed in like fucking newark new jersey right yeah shit. it was very residential looking <laughs> yeah it definitely didn't have that 42nd street brothel look you like you expect. said it's just like this ain't the brooklyn that the beastie boys rapped about yeah no <laughs> definitely not um, so little fetus is down in the sewer and guess what happens to be just above on the sewer grate dripping down is a vat of toxic waste. Uh, yeah, so this, this felt very trauma. Very trauma, very chud. Yeah. And so, uh, the baby get the baby. Oh my God. The, the second sewage trimester baby. sewage baby gets the abortus. Oh, the oh, abortus. Oh, we learned that that is the word. Yeah, one of our friends from her her anthropology textbook, she's like, did you know the word for, like, an abortion is an abortus? Yeah, that is what you are aborting. Yeah, after it, you have an abortus. It's not, it's not a a killed preborn baby or whatever. It's an abortus. Anyway, so yeah, so this, um, sewage baby starts fucking, like, like, mutating, gets this, like, scorpion stinger-looking ass Yeah, thing. its hand drops off and it's got a fucking scorpion stinger. And Oh, it, yeah, so it's not dead, for Oh, yeah, starters. first like, of all, yes. No, it's... second trimester mangled... Like, it's a pre... It's a pre... What is it? A pre-born birth... Partial birth murder... I don't know what they fucking call it. it it's, like, every scaremongering thing about, every like... Every single one. Do you want to kill a baby that looks like this? That was another thing when they were trying to talk her into the abortion. They're like, it doesn't have any fingers or fingernails or anything. It's not even human yet. Yeah. And it's like, that's so funny uh, because that's the opposite of what they try to tell you. It's so like, fucking Your baby wild. has fingernails. Don't, don't, don't kill it. Oh my God. Uh, also with uh, Big Mama, like, after, like after she does the abortion, she's trying to clean like <laughs> leftover goop off of the coat hanger and she restrains it out even though there's all this like fucking Placenta. detritus hanging <laughs> like, off of it and then she hangs a jacket on it and puts like a medical it like white jacket yeah, just she hangs uses the abortion hook she reshapes it that back has into like a fucking like goo on it. like it's so crass like, this movie is so crass <laughs> so anyway um ma- so they hear weird shit uh, oh go check out the toilet jiggle the handle a bit maybe well if sewage baby doesn't come out of the toilet rip bertha's head off yeah and fucking okay so what happens that they're all trapped in the house then and what the fuck happens indeed and they then look they, at the windows they, and there's just like fleshy it, patches it's on like them. they're inside the like the womb the, of the, the fucking amniotic sack or some shit yeah. like i don't even know this went so off the rails so yeah. fucking quickly Oh my oh. god! And then you got uh, asshole Axel running around. It's just like this, oh, this fucking deranged Axel. fucking like bada bing New Jersey. Hey, kind of yeah. way. That was just me doing a bad Italian stereotype. <laughs> he wasn't quite that, but he was. Uh, he he thought he was hot shit. He was trying to do a lot of that like gangster. Yeah, yeah. Big, I'm tough a tough guy. guy. Yeah. Um, and he's super a piece of misogynist. Shit. He just starts shooting the sex workers and calling them bitches and all. That oh kind yeah, of he's stuff. like can- candy. You back taught like. Because she she doesn't he make a shit. He uses one is bait. He yeah. Um, 
he shoots another one while trying what like it, it looked like he purposely shot her while trying to shoot the sewage baby yeah. like he sucks ass and we yeah. hate him so his untime untimely demise was fucking fantastic yes when he tries to spear the sewage baby with that huge metal pole and instead he hits the junction box that is clearly there like <laughs> right behind the sewage baby the sewage baby just kind of like tilts its head and he misses <laughs> and it pops punctures the power box and he gets electrocuted till his fucking head explodes <laughs> and it's like this is the greatest thing i've ever seen <laughs> yeah this this as much as we're like ragging on this movie it's also excellent and you should oh, probably yeah, no, watch it like 100 percent, i recommend this movie just know what you're getting <laughs> yeah, into because it is something yes, else temper your expectations you know we watched a very slick 4k restoration from vinegar <laughs> syndrome and bless you bless you for doing this work you have enriched my life and I mean that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, if you couldn't guess, this movie has a very interesting take on reproductive justice and stuff <laughs> like that, to put it bluntly. Um, I don't think it's really concerned with justice. No. Um, <laughs> but what the fuck is that? That this movie basically collapses evil sex workers along with evil, like, people who don't want to be incubators. Like, the one good chased girl she's very infantilized in this mm. movie um is uh the one who is just like against it yeah. against the abortion and doesn't like being in such like a Amongst immoral den such kind seedy of thing. characters and fallen yeah. women and so it's just such a and there's no sense of irony about this like i bet you could you, there's probably people that make the case that it's like oh it's not saying it's not endorsing these things but i felt like this movie kind of was endorsing it or at least being complicit in the gross ass message it was and also just portraying. being like haha hookers and abortion are you offended yet like like it very felt very edge kind of yeah. thing which you know when you go something as ridiculous as sewage baby i i'm totally for watching this movie like don't get me wrong but it is one of those things where it's like don't take a moral lesson from this movie because it is hot garbage. Yeah, on don't that base front. your politics on this movie. <laughs> Which it feels like so many people did. Like the people that put up the fucking like pictures uh, at uh, the university quad and fucking sweet and sour pork. Yeah, sweet and sour. That's what it looked like. It looked like sweet and sour <laughs> pork. Um, they were fucking there. Like they watched this movie and that informed their their life choice. That was. Did, what came first, the movie or the politics? <laughs> it's a chicken and the egg situation, really. Or at least the movie really. or the tactics. This is true. Um, fuck. But yeah, that's The Suckling from 1990. It is fun. Wow. It is it a is. fun, fun movie for all the wrong <laughs> it's a reasons. wild ride. Yeah. So was the next one, actually. Oh my god, we got real weird with it this week. Like, It's Alive was by a wide margin the most normal thing we watched. And that... Uh, wasn't yeah that's like saying something yeah you know? yeah um, so we ended off with the baby from 1973 because i didn't realize that i was already throwing curveballs but i figured okay we need to end on a curveball kind of thing <laughs> and i would say the baby did that Mm-hmm. so it's about um i don't want to call him an adult baby because that has that a has lot different of like connotations sex yeah. connotations because he's he's not he's literally an adult who's literally a baby who's being infantilized time. and he he like acts like a baby and but he's not doing it for to like get a boner it's like this is literally like his family has stunted his growth in such a way that and you he's, get more of that ableism in there where yes. it's just like it's kind of got some fucked up politics at play for sure <laughs> this movie right from the get-go fucked me right up in that 
you see, and I remember this the first time I watched it, I barely remember the movie, but this was the one detail I remembered, was you see this fully grown man in a crib, wearing a diaper, acting like a baby, and all that kind of stuff, but they fucking dubbed over baby noises. Oh, yeah. And like that is just chilling, hearing actual baby noises coming from this grown man throwing from this a tantrum. large adult man, and it's just like this is a trip. This movie is fucking. And what's me up. also a trip is the way they because t- a lot of the times the way they're talking to him is like how you talk to a baby, like you know that yeah. that very sing songy voice. That's like, like I remember when when he's being bathed, which is so creepy. Yeah. Um, you know, he hands her a toy. And she's like, oh, thank you. And I'm like, I think like I that's how I talk to like toddlers and to see just it's yeah, you so pointed out that, like flip the age of the, and all the subject it's and so it's like, just, just it's so uncomfortable like it's so I weird. will give that actor so much credit for oh, getting yeah. the physical mannerisms of me like the yes. way he's sort of flailing his arms and hitting things it didn't just feel like an adult it's like you're a baby now and he's like oh okay like wah, it, wah. it actually like, but it, it, he made it like he, he scarily believed being a oh, baby yeah. he, he hung out with babies baby. all day and just got got into their little shoes you know totally. baby shoes never worn for sale or whatever <laughs> he, he bought them he bought them and he, he, bought those he baby rocked shoes. those baby shoes yeah this movie even with that batch of premise because the opening credit crawl sets us up where you see these, someone looking through baby photos and then they keep flipping and the child ages but they're still treated like a baby and, and dressed, dressed like a baby, like a baby to the point where like, they're looking photos of an adult that's still posed, dressed, and, like, everything, like the baby from the first photo. So that sets it up. You've already got this batshit premise right from the get-go. And this movie still zags on you. It's still... Holy shit. Like, there are times where it's just like, I did not see that coming, and what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> this movie definitely pulls that on you. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to talk a little bit about the mother figure in this. Okay, first of all, I just want to say in that, like... Later on in the movie, there's a party scene where she's wearing this very particular, like, zebra-striped sequin-type dress, yeah. and her, the way her hair is, the way her makeup is, and just her whole demeanor, she looks like if Divine was a cisgender woman. That's Rather than a female correct. impersonator. You said that, and I, like... I was you like, were like, oh, Holy okay. And then as soon as uh, she showed up again with that, I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, it was, like, uncanny. Um, but, oh, this was a Like, trip. you pointed out, like, like, John Waters would probably be like, this This mother is my idol. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, she has that very sort of, like, Kathleen Turner way of speaking. Yeah, she has a very voice, husky that voice. Husky she has this voice. big, like, you know, butch mama energy. I also mentioned but... she kind of had that deranged stare, that Joan Crawford deranged stare kind of oh, thing. Oh, yeah. And then you uh, mentioned her demeanor and snappy attitude remind you a bit of Tura Satana kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like, like, she's the mix of all these amazing kick-ass women, but in the most, like, evil terrible like care it's amazing yeah just she's gonna look up who she is yeah yeah please do she deserves na- to be name dropped and credited and worshipped ruth roman she has since passed away she's uh r.i.p queen for about 20 years ago but oh, it's okay. one of those things where yeah she's uh she's a legend she is and something she else yeah. it's like the scene when she's on the porch and she's wearing the fucking denim shirt and like like Tucked holy into her pants. shit it's like that is some big lesbian energy right and so i mean much. she's 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 just a single mother there's there's no father in the picture so she could have just you know gone out and uh, obtained what she needed and made her little freaky family mm-hmm. with her two daughters and her, her large adult baby son mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um there was some really disturbing shit in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, the way, since it is a, a grown man, but completely in a baby, when there were a couple parts where things got sexual. Like, it was just like yeah. The worst combination of just, like, 
pedophilia without being pedophilia kind of thing. It was just, like, so fucking weird to try and sit through that moment. And Yeah, because they didn't even get really explicit with it, but just seeing someone, like, naked, like, sneakily climb into bed with him, and it's like, oh. Yeah, it was so unsettling. And, I mean, you got to wonder how much of that attempting to be unsettling was, uh, you know, like, there's that ableist kind of thing again that's saying, like, people of, like, a certain, like... People of different ability. Yeah, the way they, that... They should not be... Their their sexuality is stripped from them. Yes, basically. they are... Yeah, how disabled people are often either seen as completely desexualized yeah. or hypersexualized, depending on the context. The way, yeah. like, amputees can especially yeah. get very, like, weirdly, like... Mm-hmm. You get some people who are, like, super fetishistic-y about yes, that. Yes, yeah. But you also have that idea of, like oh, the best we can hope for our disabled son is to find maybe a nice companion that they can have a sweet platonic relationship together and never, Mm. ever fuck because they can't do that because that would be, uh... Yeah, and so I don't doubt that a lot of that was worked into what they were... But a lot of the times he's... It really was the infancy stuff that was creepy because, like... Because he's not there being like, hey, come into bed. He's, like... He he, he seems very vulnerable and just has some, you know, like, adult woman who is, like, all... Has all of her shit. Yeah functioning being like yeah i'm gonna do this like it, it it's it's not a level playing field no so there's definitely not. that like sense of like taking advantage and what makes it extra creepy is that it really fits into this whole like sexualized infant kind of thing mm-hmm. like that is absolutely how it's set up like like i said he sleeps in a giant oversized crib wearing a diaper dressed like the babysitter, the teenage babysitter changes his diaper, kind of thing. Yeah. And it plays, and she plays it like it's just like she's changing any baby's diaper, kind of thing. Like it's played so normally, and that just adds to the creep factor it so does. much more. Which is so funny because when you think about it, it's like, yeah, you like it, when you, you've changed your kid's diapers. It's like when they're an adult, it's still the same same mm-hmm. body and everything, but just. The way that changes at what point certain amount types of nudity within family becomes acceptable versus not. Same with, like, breastfeeding. Yeah. Like, at a certain point, it's like, okay, no, that's creepy now, and... Well, it's like when he tries to bet breastfeed off the teenage babysitter thing. For him, it's this, like, that's what babies Nourishment. do. And for yeah. her, it becomes this strangely sexual thing. And that... then she gets shit from the mom when she yeah, gets caught. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's weird. It's uncomfortable. And it's... I think it really is that incongruity between, like, the infant... Mm-hmm. kind of thing meets the adultness and it's just like the so adult body and like incongruent and it's oh yeah it's fucking wild it is, movie it's, it's weird. and again this is like the build-up that then leads to turns that make us just go what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> like this movie um yeah we don't are not gonna spoil anything because it's like we wouldn't do that to you no no it's worth watching Absolutely. if you just want to have your mind fucking broken yeah. in like this really tripped out way it's uh it was released by Severn films i believe their copy is out of print and has since been re-released by arrow video ah. so those are the two ways to check it out um yeah the arrow it- video <laughs> release was very recent actually um but that's the one we watched we watched the arrow video one and you know the transfer was good it looked solid it's uh oh this movie <laughs> this fucking movie <laughs> Yeah. I don't know how much else you can say without, like, getting into spoilers, other than it's just, like, it's wacko and, like, wow. Yeah, so this one didn't quite fit into our uh, political academic agenda in the way the other ones did, but this was sort of, like, I almost wanted to say that this was, like, 
a good note to end on, but it just kind of blew everything up even more. Like, holy yeah. shit, what a note to end on. It, yeah. it was the encore performance where they play, like, the song you've been waiting for all night, and maybe you didn't even know you are waiting for it, but it's just like, oh, they're playing that song kind of thing. Oh it's my just like, god! They come out, it's like, they're doing that? <laughs> it was, I can't it was believe good. they've done this. Yeah, I it's... can't believe they've done this either. <laughs> um, oh, wow. What a week. What a week. So... Yeah, we've uh, decided to keep the baby fever going a little bit longer with our recommendations. Hell yeah. Um, I'm going to recommend a movie that I haven't seen in a long time. I actually don't remember it so much. Part of my recommendation is I'm really wanting to revisit it because I had mixed feelings the first time around. Mm. And so I'm excited to revisit it because it's one of those movies that even though I had mixed feelings, the more I hear about it, it's like, that sounds like a movie you'd really dig. So I want to watch it again. It's called Grace from 2009. Also fairly recent. It features this uh, woman, She her, her child is stillborn, and that is the beginning of her journey into motherhood as it turns <laughs> into a weird, creepy horror tale. It's uh, That's about what I remember about it without just getting into straight spoilers, because right. I don't remember much. But yeah, I want to watch this one again, and um, I believe it was a bit of an indie darling when it came out. Like, mm. it had sort of that indie horror cred cool. to it. Cool. Um, I'm going to recommend 1973. 1979. Whoops. Oh, sorry. I'm looking at it upside down. <laughs> no worries. 1979. 1979. Uh, David Cronenberg's The Brood. Oh, such a there's, classic. There's some, uh, there's some motherhood happening oh, in that movie. Oh, is there ever. Oh, <laughs> I love this movie. Yeah, it's been a couple of years since I've seen it, so I would, I would watch it again. Yeah. Criterion I only remember sort of snippets of it. And, uh, of course they did. Classic. Yeah, classic. That's all you can really say. Yeah. It's fucking classic. CanCon. Mm-hmm. Classic. Cronenberg. All lot of C's happening here. Episode. We really do. One of these days, we'll do a Cronenberg episode. We Maybe will. some of his early cuts, like Shivers and oh, sure. Rabbit and stuff I haven't like seen, that. I've, I've seen Rabbit, but I haven't seen so much of his stuff, so yeah. well, I'm I, down. He was, um, when I first got into movie collecting, I was obsessed. Mm-hmm. Still love his work and all that. But I was just so obsessed, so it was one of those things where I tracked down everything of his that I could find. So I've I've got the collection. We can we can definitely dive into that. We'll have to do it. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, yeah, we went like you know ha- <laughs> half an hour over what we expected. Yeah, <laughs> as yeah. usual lately. Um, that's actually I guess something that maybe I'll post a question on Twitter because. Uh, Huh? You know, you didn't only very recently started watching, uh, listening to podcasts, and my podcast listening has been fairly minimal huh. before we so you, started. So you get an idea of what, what people like. Yeah, what they yeah, prefer. Because maybe some people prefer, like, these longer episodes, or mm-hmm. maybe people are like, you go on too long. Like, I'm not even thinking, like, necessarily content, but just, do you like your podcast long, something you can just put on, it just goes kind of thing? Or do you yes. like them nice, succinct kind yeah. of episodes? So we can kind of structure based off that. Yeah. And- and if we do have long stuff like this, if that's not what is preferred by everyone, maybe in the future we can do cut them down and have some bonus stuff. I don't yep, know. Yep. And it also goes into how I structure how many movies we watch. Like, originally yes. I was putting for a while there, because there were some episodes where we went through the movies really quickly. So I was, uh, I started putting more movies in, like five movies a week kind of thing. But mm-hmm. then if we actually have stuff to say about it, that's a long episode kind of thing. Extremely so I've recently long. gone and cut back a lot of my episode lineups to do more um, like three or four yeah so 
I don't know, like, because uh, I like having the variety of topics within the topic, and mm-hmm. I like having a variety to Especially represent Especially when you throw it. in a curveball like the fucking baby. Oh, what a curveball. <laughs> That's a curveball so fucking curvy that it flew all the way around and hit me in my own head. Like, so curvy it's fucking thick. <laughs> and soft like a baby's bottom. We both have different definitions of curvy in this analogy, but let's go with it. Let's rock it. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for listening, and uh, yeah, tell your friends bug people tell them hey if you don't listen to this you're homophobic if, if it's not too much to ask you know. you're a transphobic homophobic piece of shit if you don't listen to this podcast specifically <laughs> <laughs> um cool all right well with that uh make sure you take it easy and keep it sleazy mm-hmm.